Heavenly Father, uh, please help us to uh, to be ready to hear your word and to to grow in understanding and wisdom. You're so faithful to us, and you take care of us, and in so many ways. And uh, I pray that you continue to do that, continue to cover this church. Pray that uh, you would just head us about and keep the enemy out. Keep us uh, standing on your word and and desiring to know you better and desiring to to proclaim the gospel message to our neighbors and to our friends and family. Please fill us with your spirit, Lord. Thank you in Jesus' name. Now let's just read this passage, 1 Peter 3, 18 to 22. Um, for Christ hath once so for Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit, by which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison, by which or sorry, which sometimes were disobedient when once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was a preparing, wherein few, that is eight souls, were saved by water. The like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us, not the putting away of the of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience towards God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is on the right hand of God, angels and authorities and powers being made subject unto him. Uh, let's just take some time. Uh, uh, not a whole lot of time, as I promised, to try and keep it shorter. But um, just to go through some of the, the the points in each one of these verses, and, and starting with verse 18, um, we know that Christ has once suffered for our sins. And this is an idea that's called the propitiation. And it's di- difference between that old uh, atonement that you, we saw the the Jewish, or the Israel the Hebrew high priests would go in uh, every year and, and do the atoning sacrifice to cover sins. Um, Jesus is the fulfillment of that. He is the one-time offering. The one He died once uh, to pay for our sins, and that's called propitiation. Romans 3.25 says, Whom God hath set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood uh, to declare his righteousness for the remissions of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. And uh, even in that verse, we see uh, an idea that's going to lend itself to the topic of the long suffering of God and that um, it was through his forbearance. The theme really today is that we're going to talk about um, Jesus suffered for us, but he, God long suffered before that and, and long suffers still um, the sin that's in the world, the sin that we had. And uh, he's he's a very patient God, and he gives us space to repent. He gives us space for that. So that's what I hope kind of remains in the back of your mind as we go through the um, these different verses and and see um, how that all works together. Uh, Jesus was the just for the unjust. Christ was once offered again. That's propitiation to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. And 
it took a just man, it took Jesus Christ being perfect, being sinless, uh, to be able to pay for our sin. And it, that, that's what it took. Uh, none of us can pay for our own sin. If anyone here thinks that you can, you can get into heaven by your own merit, or you can wash your own sins away, or you can do um, so many good things to outweigh your bad things, uh, that's wrong. It's just, uh, just outright wrong. You need to have um, someone who has never sinned, not once, to be able to be your, um, your coupon, your, um, your way out, somebody that actually takes away that punishment on himself. And that's what Jesus did on the cross. And that, that's Christ suffering for us. That's how much God loved us that he sent his son to do that, to die for us. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's hard to know who's sitting in chairs in church. And, and now that we have so many more coming all the time, we just, we don't know who's saved, who's not saved. We can call ourselves Christians and we can talk like we know our scriptures and we can do um, a lot of Bible activities and be, be participants in church. It's important. Like, like Paul said, I, I preached Christ and him crucified. It's, I think it's critical that we always go back to this gospel message and, and just remind each other, remind each other constantly or continually that um, we have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, that we were, we were deserving of hellfire. And it was only because of the grace of God that he loved us so much that he sent Jesus to take that punishment on himself for us. And we ought to stop and, and, and just thank God for that on a regular basis. Lord, thank you that we, we deserved hell and you came and you died for us. And, and uh, we, we, there's nothing we can do um, to merit our way into heaven. There's nothing we can do to, to, to solve that problem. And then also to be thankful for the fact that uh, if we can't, get ourselves saved by our own merit. Um, we can be thankful that we can't get ourselves unsaved by our own actions either because uh, what Jesus has done is, is a sealed and, and uh, final uh, transaction. And uh, so anyway, I really encourage you to, to continue to talk to one another and, and encourage each other in the gospel we're supposed to work out our, our salvation with, with fear and trembling, and we're supposed to check to see that we're in the faith. And this is how we do it. We, we want to continuously admonish one another on the gospel. And, and, and here, here's Peter writing a letter um, to remind believers of the, of the foundations of, this, of the gospel and, and, uh, and of Christ's suffering. And, and just how much God was willing to suffer out of so much love for us. And how patient he was in, in love for us. Uh, the verse continues that he might bring us to God. John 14, uh, 2 to 3 says, In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And what a promise that Jesus told us uh, that he is going to come back. I mean, and that's, that's the, the culmination of the gospel that he's going to come back and he is going to take us home unto himself. And in the meantime, he's preparing a place for us. And, uh, 
And that's actually very poignant to, the, to what's coming up in the next verse or two is that uh, he's preparing a place. He is, he's looking forward to the day where he collects us unto himself, but he's also being patient for the, for those who have not repented yet, that they have a space, they have a, um, an opportunity right now to repent and, and uh, also be saved and be part of the, the body. There's uh, a scripture in uh in revelation in the book of revelation um talks about jezebel in there and it says that uh you know i've got a hot odd against thee for keeping that woman jezebel in the church and, and letting her do her things and um and then he says in there that he gave her space to repent so uh, it, even jezebel even this uh this horish woman god has given her the opportunity to repent, to turn away from sin and, and believe in Jesus Christ and, and come into salvation, come into the body of Christ uh, before it's too late. And uh, I, I think that is just something that we ought to be thankful for and really, really think about that, that God loved us that much. And, and as, it, as it is on our mind, it ought to spur us to go out and, um, you know, you know, like James said, your faith is is dead without work. So what are we going to do as faithful believers? We're going to go out and tell the gospel message to others because God's given them a space to repent. Let's, let's encourage them. Let's tell them, uh, let's warn them. And the verse continues uh, being put to death in the flesh. And, and we've talked about this, this war between flesh and the spirit as we've gone through Peter and we've seen it come up in other of the small books that we've studied, we need to mortify the deeds of the body to live. We need to cast that old uh, sinful flesh aside and, and live for the Lord, live for the, the spirit, his spirit, his Holy spirit, as he sanctifies us. And, uh, and that's being regenerated. We know that many men being Christ, he's a new creature. That's the old stuff's gone. And we're living for Christ. And it, it says, but quickened by the spirit and quickened means to give life. You know, it, while we live in our own sinful bodies um, and we're in these bodies still, but when we live before we give our lives to Jesus, we're really walking dead. You know, we're destined for hell, walking dead. And then when we are transformed by Christ, when we've given our lives to Jesus um, and we've repented of our sins, we've, we've, we believe in him, the Holy Spirit is, has quickened us. He's given us new life. We are new creatures in Christ. Uh, we are called sons of God. That's the power of the Holy, the Holy Spirit um, in that time of salvation. And, and we get to be risen with Christ. And I'm going to skip verse 19 as much as I would love to go through details and discuss that. We don't have time today. Okay, verse 20, let's just get into the breaking down of it. Uh, it starts with which sometime we're disobedient. And I have lost context, so we're going to back and read the whole verse. Which sometimes we're disobedient when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was a preparing wherein few 
that is eight souls were saved by water. Now, back in the no in time of Noah, uh, and remember that it was Jesus who told us to consider Noah and and Lot as well. He said, uh, "As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be when the Son of Man returns." Um, we're we're looking back in Genesis six, and, and God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thought of his heart was only evil continually. That's a lot. I mean, that means that everybody that's that's around, save Noah and his family, is only thinking about evil things continually. And you know, God is holy. How how long would a holy God allow that to continue? Allow it to to just be depraved and and wicked and and you know, all the wicked things that you can imagine that's what's happening all the time and, and and these people could only think about doing that and and god wants us to think about holy things and 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 you know lovely things and good things and how long is he going to put up with that well he gave a warning and that warning was a warning of 120 years god will not always strive with man um but he's given to give him 120 year warning. So Genesis 6, 1, it says, and it came to pass when men began to multiply in the face of the earth and daughters were born unto them. But the sons of God saw that daughters of men, they were fair and they took them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord said, my spirit shall not always strive with man for that. He also is flesh yet his days shall be 120 years. So he's given them a warning and said, okay, that's it. There's the line. We crossed the line. We're not going to let this go on any longer. We're going to, we're going to uh, basically destroy the earth in 120 years. And uh, and then it goes on and says that there were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of man, and and they bare children unto them, and the same became mighty men which were of old, men of renown. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. And that every imagination of his thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, and creeping thing, and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. And and that's up to verse 7. So God has, has a line. There's a line where he will not put up with any more uh, of the, the fullness of sin and he's going to judge the world. And that's exactly what he does with the ark and in, in the outpouring of his, his wrath in the form of water and, and uh, destroying this, the whole surface of the earth, destroying everything that was uh, everything that had the breath of life in it that was uh, on the earth. Uh, with the exception of... Uh, in verse eight, it says, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And, and even in the midst of uh, God's desire to pour out wrath and wipe away all this evil, he has grace and he saves Noah and his family. There's uh there was a time where it took Noah a hundred years to build that ark. And uh, during that time, you know, he's got grace from the Lord and he builds this ark it's a time of preparations, just like Jesus right now is 
is preparing a place for us. There's that connection between these two two sides, but the other connection that they have is that there's going to be wrath poured out. Um, Wrath will be poured out. And the good news is that for those who've repented, those who have righteousness accounted to them because of their faith in the Lord, they're going to go up while the wrath is being poured down. And, uh, and I mean, that is exciting. That is really the culmination of the gospel. That's what we look forward to is that we get called home and, um, and that God's going to pour his wrath out. That means that God is still patiently waiting for, for those who have not repented to repent. And we need to go and preach to them and, and tell them that they need to, to repent and trust in the Lord. The verse continues, when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, uh, while the ark was preparing, it took it took Noah and his sons that hundred years to build the ark. I said that already. Um, and God has endured through that time. If you want, want to see just how long God waited, he actually waited 1,656 years from the start of creation to pour down the flood. We don't know when it was exactly that Adam and Eve ate the fruit they shouldn't have eaten and the curse came. But uh, you can probably imagine somewhere around 1,650 years. And, uh, and God waited that long before he, he cleansed the earth. Uh, what's interesting is he also took a whole year to do the, the cleansing of the earth. So even there was time to ensure that it was scrubbed clean of all that sin. All that wickedness. Uh, verse 21. The like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us. And not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience towards God by the resurrection of Jesus. Um, just to just to make sure this is a clear understanding, baptism is not um, necessary to be saved. There's a, a, a few churches that really push this idea. One of them is called the Church of Christ. And uh, I used to enjoy watching um, the uh, Duck Dynasty and the Robertsons uh, and, and how they would pray at the end of their episodes and these wonderful things. But they would uh, be very clear to tell you, and they have in interviews and whatnot, that uh, if, you were, if you made a decision to trust in the Lord and you're on your way to church to get baptized and you get a car accident and die. Um, you, you didn't make it, you know, that's it. This is not how the Bible works. This is not how the grace of God works. If you trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and you, and you repent in your heart, that's a work of the Holy spirit in your heart that you, you can be saved. You know, the Bible says, uh, if you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus Christ, thou shalt be saved. We are making him Lord of our lives. And that's salvation, not um, not doing uh, some kind of work or ritual to get us there. Now we do that work or ritual to to um, demonstrate the change in our lives. The um, baptism represents uh, the repentance in our heart. You know, it's a picture of us dying to that old flesh and, and rising again. Um, spiritually victorious with Jesus uh, in new life. It's, it's a picture of, it really represents repentance, turning away from sin. 
And, uh, and so we're talking not about a physical uh, act uh, being something for, necessary for salvation, although our faith, uh, when it's alive, a, a real faith is going to um, be in obedience to the Lord. And one of those steps of obedience is baptism. And, and that's why we do it. We, we do that to show forth our faith. And we also go out and spread the gospel and tell people about the Lord. That also um, in obedience to faith and, and as a response um, in thanksgiving to the salvation that we've been given. And the verse continues, it says, but the answer of a good conscience towards God, the Holy Spirit washes us clean spiritually, giving us a clean slate. And I, I love that verse in Isaiah. It's come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. You know, baptism is a picture of that cleansing, right? The, the world was cleansed by water. It's a picture of baptism. Um, uh, we, we get baptized. We submerge ourselves in the water and come back up as, and representing that cleansing, that old wicked self and, uh, and pure being purified. Um, so resurrection, this is by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It, Colossians 2.12 says it, uh, we're buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. So our picture is being buried with the Lord in baptism, but also risen with him. I mean, the, our Lord is risen. He The grave couldn't hold him. The, 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 the death could not hold him. He created those things and all creation subject to him. And he rose again and we are risen with him and we're going to be called up to him. Verse 22 says, who has gone into heaven and is on the right hand of God, angels and authorities and powers being made subject unto him. Like I, I already said it, but he has all authority. And everything's subject to him. He's gone into heaven ahead of us. And, and, and scripture after scripture after scripture can be shown to, show, to, uh, to agree with and, and, and witness that Jesus ascended into heaven. There were so many witnesses that watched him go up. And, and we have uh, Paul and the, the, the apostles and other disciples that were, were there that all... Um, tell us the same the same story of how Jesus ascended up in the clouds and are and now sitting at the right hand of the father and then he's he's he said he's going to prepare a place for us and that's exactly what he's doing he's up there making us a place to to bring us back to to bring us it's a picture of a a husband preparing a home to bring his bride to what a wonderful picture that is and in in, in while he's there He's continuing to long suffer with the sin of this world. He's still waiting for more to repent and, and give their lives to the Lord. There is, there is an expiry date on this, though. He, he will not wait indefinitely. He's, he long suffers to a point, and then the, 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 the rest of those prophecies are going to come fulfilled, and he's going to collect his bride, and he's going to pour out his wrath. And of course, he stands at the right hand of God or sits at the right hand of the throne of the Father. And uh, 
I don't have the verse here in front of me actually, but I was thinking, uh, Oh, I have, I have it in my notes in Acts seven fifty five to 56 is, but he being full of the Holy ghost looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. And he said, behold, I see the heavens open and the son of man uh, standing on the right hand of God. That's a, that's our first martyr, Stephen standing up and, and looking into heaven while he's being stoned. And he sees a picture of Jesus or he sees like right in clear into heaven. And he sees Jesus standing there waiting for him to come. How amazing that is. And angels and authorities and powers being made subject unto him. This, this verse really culminates all those other um, scriptures that we read about being subject to one another and then being subject to uh, earthly authorities, etc. This is really where it all, it all points to in that everything is subject to Christ. Everything in this created world, angels and, and human authorities and apostles and witnesses and what all everybody is subject to the Lord. Everything is underneath him. He has all of that, has all authority over all of it. And if he has all authority, then he is well and within his right to destroy this earth and create a new one. And it is, it is amazing and wonderful that he offers grace before he does it and the time to repent. Now, Second Peter 3, 9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men call slackness, uh, but is long-suffering to us, where not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God is uh, not on the same time scale as us. And I, I've taught this before. The verse before says that a day unto the Lord is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day. So since Jesus rose again, it's only been like two days for God. It's only been a short time for us. We, we think, wow, it's, it's 2000 years and it's, uh, it's, it's taken God a long time. But my boss says it's, it's, uh, slower than the second coming of Christ. He likes to say that statement. And, and I think, um, you just unfortunately don't understand. You just have no understanding that, God is so patient for us. The, the reason why you have this time is so that you can repent. And you can see it here in Second Peter, but that it all should come to repentance. That's why. That's why there's this time. That's why when people say, why does God allow so much evil and wickedness in this world? Because he's still allowing another day for someone else to give their lives to Jesus. That's why. One more day. He's still long-suffering for that. Romans 5, 6, for when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. See, he does everything in due time, in due time. God's timing is amazing, and his grace is so much more. If we were quickly going to reflect on that, that picture of the flood that Jesus pointed us to, that, that even Peter was reminding us about, and Jesus coming again, we see uh, many uh, connections i won't go through all of them but he was patient he was patient for 1656 years from creation god is still patient he's been waiting nearly 2000 since jesus came and then died and rose again and ascended into heaven he's been waiting nearly 6000 years from creation um 
he's preparing a place for us. Well, same like Noah was preparing an ark for his for his family. He um, there's a condemnation that's involved in this that when the ark door was closed, the whole world was condemned. And those who don't believe on Jesus, we know from John three that they're condemned already. That's why we need to preach the gospel to them that they would, would repent now before that door gets closed. And God poured his wrath out onto a sinful world, and he's going to pour his wrath out onto the sinful world. He's going to cleanse, cleanse it. Before it was with water, now it's going to be with fire. In that time, only few, that's eight people were saved out of the millions that were there. And here we are with billions of people in this world, and only few are going to be saved. Jesus told us narrow is the um, the way to life, and few there are that will find it. A flood came in Genesis 7 after the ark was shut for seven days, and wrath is coming after seven seals and seven trumpets. And the cleansing was so destructive, it, it destroyed all life on earth. And uh, the sea will give up its dead in, in, um, in just before the judgment. The earth will be destroyed in the heavens also. There'll be a, a new heaven, a new earth. God is pretty serious about wiping away sin. And uh, we can look forward to that too because there'll be no more sorrow and, and no more pain and no more grief. We'll have joy in the Lord for eternity. And we'll be blessed. And we'll be able to stand up and give toast to our Lord. In 2 Peter 3, 13 to 15 says, Nevertheless, we, according to this promise, look for new heavens and new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. That's not going to have sin anymore. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found in him, uh, found of him in peace, without spot and blameless, and account that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation. And I, that's just, there it is. There's your statement. Long suffering of our Lord is salvation. He is waiting for just one more. Just one more would repent. And in Luke 21, 34 to 36, from Jesus himself, doesn't take heed to yourself, lest any time your hearts be overcharged with serving and drunkenness and cares of this life, so that the day not come upon you. So, and so that day come upon you unawares, for as a snare shall it come on them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch ye therefore, and pray always, that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass, to stand before the Son of Man. So remember, God is long-suffering. And if you haven't repented, you've been given time to do so. And you may not have much more. So repent now. And think about your neighbor, because they don't have much time left. They might only have tomorrow. So talk to your neighbors, talk to the people you work with, teach your children. And I'm, uh, I'm preaching to myself, because I have neighbors, my people I work with, and I have my children, and they, they need that salvation because this this time is short, and that door is going to close soon. Lord, please help us to 
to just when we see our neighbors and our friends and even our children to not get caught up in the cares of this life and forget or make other things more important. And please strip us of any fear so that we can boldly stand there and or sit down and, and guide our friends and family into the saving knowledge of the Lord that we can warn them about the impending doom that's to come and how their sin has brought them there. But that Jesus Christ died for them and took away that punishment that if they would simply receive the gift, like a, a gift that was given to them, that they would open it and that they would receive it. and They, they too would be given new life and become children of the Most High. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you that you've taught us this truth and that you call us call us to teach it to others. In Jesus' name, amen.